Father, we are in your presence. Speak to us. Reveal your heart to us. Change us. Correct us. Mold us. Speak the way you want to speak, Lord. Speak the way you want to speak to us. Speak what you want to speak. Reveal your heart. Your desire for us, Lord. May it be revealed to us this morning. Thank you, Pa. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I want to read from Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. All right, let me read it for you, and I want you to follow with me in your Bible or wherever you can read it with me. And to the church, and to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich and white garments that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness may not, may not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. To those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. To those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Hallelujah. No amens? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you sure you're, you said amen for that? I said because I prompted you to say amen. Man, God's word. Say God's word. So when God's word is being read, give attention to the public reading of scripture, the Bible says. Man, and, and respond to it. Man, don't, don't allow uh, any form of lethargy to take over. Man, hallelujah. So those of, you, those of you who came on Friday night for our Revelation nights, we had a, a wonderful man of God, Brother Tom Thomas ministering to us, if you were paying attention, uh, without, a, without any doubt, you could hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Amen. His ministering on Friday is, I would say, a confirmation. Say confirmation. confirmation. For those of you who were here, you would know. If you were paying attention, that is, you would know, yes. If you were paying attention on Friday, you would know that what he spoke was confirmation. Amen. And there's no way... A human being can just walk into church uh, and speak without knowing what is going on here, without knowing uh, what are we dwelling on and just come and share almost everything that we've been considering. Amen. In fact, to the, 
to the i mean to the the kind of accuracy i was expecting wailing and crying uh, to rise up because the kind of uh, ac- the 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 accuracy of god's word amen the alignment to the spirit of god amen must wreck you i'm telling you it must wreck you it must do something to you and so for those of you th- if you're thinking that you know we shared notes we exchanged notes no i am seeing him the first time not on friday i, I met him the previous day we just spent a little time chit chatting about his whereabouts my whereabouts that's it nothing was shared about what is going on in church or what is being taught in church and he mentioned uh, you know in fact the same letter the same letter he could have gone to any other letter he went to the same letter the same passage read from the book of revelation chapter 3 and went to chapter verse 14 and mentioned the letter to the laodicean church ayo amen <laughs> you must be so dumb we must be so dumb to miss that what are you thinking you tell me we must be so dumb to miss that one now and then you know the the he, as he was going through scriptures he he, he went to uh the sermon on the mount he went to um second chapter second timothy chapter 3 chapter 4 what we have been discussing at focus and we don't live stream focus for for those of you think maybe he's listening to a live stream and he get got a hold of what we are doing our focus is not live streamed amen and even those scriptures what we are sharing here what we are teaching here see just goes on to say how much the lord is interested in us amen I mean, it doesn't matter. Even if, even when you are faithless, he remains faithful. The faithfulness of God goes beyond uh, man's wildest emotion. And he shared many other passages which we have looked into in the in the recent couple of weeks, a few weeks. And I want to tell you, dear, dear church, dear church, listen to me. Do not harden your hearts. do not harden your hearts do not harden your hearts when the lord is speaking to us especially when he is speaking to us repeatedly do not harden your hearts it he is demanding something from us and he is the one who taught us to pray persistently because he said if a, even if, a, if even if that person is an evil man a wicked man because of your persistence uh, he will grant you favor he will grant you what you want now flip it okay and put us as a evil person and god being the one who's persistently coming to us of over and over and over demanding something from us tell your neighbor god is demanding change god is demanding change man you cannot hide from it he is demanding change another for those of you missed out on revelation nights on friday the crux of the ministering which we received on friday was this we are in the last days you start by that we are in the last days so if you have not heard that or if you missed on hearing that before in this church he repeated that we are in the last days he said do not settle for anything less than 100% when it comes to god's word 99.99% is also not complete obedience he he illustrated that with the example of one glass of milk and one small dot or the glass which is glass of water which is contact which, which has uh, which looks very clear but taken from sewage nothing short of 100% mm. 
Nothing short of 100% is what God demands from us. Amen. Then he said, obedience will bring blessing. The, the, and then he said, the word of God is a, is a double sharper than any double-edged sword, able to divide and discern the thoughts and intentions of man. Then he said, do not be lukewarm. Then he said, be transformed. Then he went on to say, no, you must not be transformed. You must be radically transformed. And he said, reach out and minister the God. Evangelize. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your calling. What are we doing? He mentioned the stats, the numbers. At least so that that can do something to us. We cannot be unmoved when the stats are being mentioned. We have work to do. Man, we have work to do. The time is short. Then even he closed by saying, receive power from on high. Now the, the only reason why you would stay away from doing anything for the Lord is you're not having received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if, if you haven't, receive it. Receive it. Be filled with the power from on high. And it was so clear and so powerful. I want to go back to Revelation chapter 3 and I want to read from verse 17. We considered a few verses before that. I want to consider verse 17. Let's read it together. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked let's stop it there who is this speaking who is speaking here who is speaking here who is jesus our lord and savior but what does this passage say he is the the amen say amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god man who is speaking here? Say Jesus. Say the Amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. He's telling his church. Amen. Hallelujah. He's speaking and, and he's saying, You say, I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So now you must understand, Jesus is not rebuking them because they became rich. Jesus is not rebuking them because they became rich. He is not rebuking them. His, his problem with the Laodicean church is not that they are wealthy. If you think, okay, it's very sinful to be rich or wealthy. No. His problem with the church of Laodicea is not that they are rich or they are well-to-do or that they are wealthy. Look at what he says. Let's notice what, let's do a, give a closer examination. His problem, the issue he had with the Laodicean church is this. They say, or you say, say, you say. You say, I'm rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And they do not know that they are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So what's the case against them? Not that they are rich. Not that they are wealthy, not that, not that they have need of nothing. No, that's not the problem. The problem is they're making a claim. Say claim. So this church is making a claim before God. I'm rich, I'm wealthy, and I have come to need of nothing. So the, the issue that Christ took up with this church is not their riches, it's not their wealth, it's not their well-being. It's the fact that they are saying, they're making a claim Saying that I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I need nothing. 
whereas the truth is they do not know say they, they do not know that they are just the opposite they are wretched miserable poor blind and naked so their claim that they made does not match up with the actual state of affairs are you with me so this church makes a claim we are rich we become wealthy we have come to need of nothing and jesus looks at them and says you say that but your claim does not match with the actual condition that you are in the word rich is uh, taken from a, a greek word plusius okay i don't know whether i'm pronouncing it right uh, it is plusius this is the root word for the english word plush say plush you all know plush now we we say it's a it's a plush bed or a, a plush piece of upholstery uh, it's plush means it's rich it's it's luxurious say luxurious it's abundant it's full say full so you are saying you are plush you have abundance you're wealthy you have enough and more that's what you're saying and you do not know you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked so they cannot see say they cannot see they're not able to see they are blinded with something say they they they're saying that they are rich and they cannot see their actual condition or they are deceived into thinking something else about themselves which is disconnected from the truth of their condition say disconnected from reality it is possible for you to live on this earth disconnected from reality your self evaluation can be far from what god thinks about you so what matters on any given day of your life what really matters what matters what god knows about you that's what matters not what what you think about yourself what god knows about you matters more than what you think about yourself so the rich the rich young man was interested he was interested say interested interested to inherit the kingdom of god he had some interest say interest he wanted to know how can i inherit the kingdom of god say interest genuine interest what did jesus say what did jesus tell him sell all your possessions and give it to the poor and follow me sell all your possessions and give and give it away and follow me what happened after that the man became so because he thought because he is rich and wealthy he does not need anything more so the when he's when when Christ said you have to do this he he couldn't really fathom it because why should i give away something i have the problem with the lavadition church was they were taking stock of their physical well-being say physical well-being they took stock of their physical well-being they ignored the spiritual condition that they were in 
is a so one of the biggest deceptions the church must be watchful about and now just because everything is going well in your life does not mean that spiritually you are sound i want to repeat that one more time just because everything is going well in your life does not mean that spiritually you are sound i'll tell you why i'll tell you why because that which is in the physical is temporal say temporal what is temporal what do you mean by temporal that's right it is here today and gone tomorrow it is not eternal so if you're going to gauge your life based on the temporal you will be disappointed because it is just vanity say vanity the bible says it is vanity because it is here today and gone tomorrow going after those things is like chasing after the wind because it will be gone with the wind that's why you know i've met rich rich super rich people who i mean ex super rich people who come to have nothing overnight say overnight one wrong decision one wrong deal everything collapsed entire empire can collapse because that's what riches are it's see money is a vanity riches are vanity man if you can see it like that your life is sorted if you can see it like that your life is sorted if your perspective on riches your perspective on wealth your perspective on money if it can be like this it's vanity it's here today gone tomorrow but there is something that you must be mindful about your spiritual state your spiritual state not your physical condition don't be carried away by i'm doing well i'm rich i'm wealthy have a good house have a good family have a good job i don't need anything you carried away by that you think that is a sign of blessing that is not the sign of a blessing it need not be the sign of a blessing it can be the sign of hard work it can be the sign of god just deciding to give it to you but the spirit actual spiritual condition has nothing to do with what you have physically this rich young man had everything he had everything he was rich he was young what a combination rich and young we all want to be like that rich and young he had a head start he was rich when he was young but he lacked one thing christ he lacked one thing christ See, Jesus opens the the Sermon on the Mount. Now we we are dwelling on the Sermon on the Mount for the Bible study. Now He opens up the Sermon on the Mount, undoubtedly the greatest sermon ever preached under the sun. He opens it. The first words he talks about this: "Blessed are the blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the." He does not. He did not say, "Blessed are the rich on this earth." Did he did not say blessed are the rich in the physical he did not say blessed are the rich in the material did he say that he said blessed are the poor in spirit it has been more than 2000 years since he said that and we still haven't figured out what it exactly means
to be poor in spirit is all about being a, in a perpetual attitude of acknowledging i need god i need god i am in need of a savior i need him every day i have to talk to him this morning i have to listen to him this morning i need his counsel i need his grace i need his nearness i need to listen to his word i must go near him see that is being poor in spirit because there is no self self sufficiency involved there in your thought there is not even an iota of self sufficiency you just say i need god so if you're wondering what it is to be poor in spirit that's what it means because nothing takes a higher precedence than god there is nothing you are not putting your confidence in anything else your confidence is in god amen not in your wealth not in your riches not in your money not in your job not in not in your family not in your uh, inheritance earthly inheritance none of those things your confidence is in this one thing god god jesus 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 now that's why jesus said you cannot serve god and mammon he wanted to rule it out he wanted to rule that out that option is not there you cannot serve god and mammon together you cannot do part time with god and part time with mammon you cannot do part time with god and part time with god is not looking for part time disciples he is not looking for part time children he is looking for full time say full time full time if you are a disciple you are a disciple full time if you are a believer in christ you believe all the time amen, amen. you are a christian you are a full time christian amen. you cannot serve two masters god and wealth impossible he said no you want to serve wealth you go serve wealth you want to serve mammon go go and serve mammon but if you want to serve god serve god alone amen, amen. hallelujah what fellowship has light with darkness no fellowship say no fellowship no see what was christ doing there he was exposing the human tendency of replacing god do you know that in you i want you to put your hand over your heart deep inside your heart you may not like this there's a tendency say tendency to replace god with things of this world do not let the devil deceive you don't don't let the deceive, devil deceive you don't be deceived yourself don't delude yourself into think that you are sorted just like that no deep inside you there is a tendency man prone just just wanting to just somehow looking for an option which can displace god with something else when money dictates terms in your life who's on the throne god or money when your decisions are not made because of god's counsel but because of how much money there is who's on the throne god or money i mean it's very simple right you are deciding on something in life maybe you are you're considering a marriage oh is it <sighs> maybe too uncomfortable you're considering a a job you're considering a a location huh an investment if it's all about money and not about the counsel of god counsel of god say counsel of god 
that is richer richer than the wealth of this world the in fact the word of god is uh, uh, is compared or he says is better than say better than better than the treasures of this world better than gold or silver what god's word say god's word your his counsel for you is better richer say richer it's richer it makes you wealthier say wealthier god's word your love for god's word makes you wealthier amen don't let money to make decisions for you okay let me ask money money what should i do today who saying money is saying what to do today i mean see you 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 might think it's but this is how some of us live you are not asking god what to do today what you must do today you are asking money money where are you i want to come to where you are you're not asking god where are you i want to come to where you are you're asking money where are you i want to be with you see 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 the thing is you cannot you might look very smart okay and oh see everybody on this earth can be fooled by your smartness but god can see exactly what is going on you can you can sugar coat your words you can paint it up you can do all kinds of things you can cosmetize it but god knows exactly what it is no he you heard that on friday he weighs the thoughts and intentions of man motives of man say motives of man where is money or where is god what's the question that you ask where is money or where is god god is not against money but god will not allow money to replace him money must be your slave god must be your master simple very simple principle i learned it long back money money is not my master money is my slave god is my master man so money does not tell me what to do god tells me what to do so don't buy see that's why how can a christian be lured by money how can a christian be moved by wealth how can a christian ever get into an argument concerning money how can a christian ever get into an argument concerning property i mean is it even is it even possible so he took uh, three square foot from the corner of my parambha how could he do that are you a christian are you really troubled by that three square foot and you losing sleep over that and you're a healthy person but because ever since that happened you lost your health you're having palpitation you're having high blood pressure <coughs> diabetes and you name it because you are not driven by god you are driven by the riches of this world those things have replaced god those things have become precious to you than god see you can i i want to tell you see this can be applied you it's is all about application you can listen to an instruction like this and see ah but i am very safe because i never do any of those things you must learn to apply the word you know for each one of us it applies differently it for each one of us for some of them it can be salary for some of them it can be promotion for some of them it can be long uh, like you know good standing in society for some of you it can be something else which has replaced the need of god 
so what is the criteria for decision making god's word or riches of this world i am rich they said i am rich say rich just try saying that i am rich it feels good i am rich it makes you so confident i am rich only a confident person can say like that overconfident i would say i am rich i am wealthy i have need of nothing i have a steady income i have a good fat salary a secure job i have investments which will give me steady returns for the rest of my life i like what uh, sister elsa was sharing what what do you have what do you have a jar of oil god said that's good enough see when when god is in the picture what you have is good enough for you when god is if god is in the picture what you have is good enough one jar of oil good enough for you and your family to have a good life that's what the bible says the little say little say little say say with love say little the little that a righteous has is better the little say little do like this. i want all of you to do this say little the little the righteous has is better because it has been gained righteously it becomes multiplied by righteousness it becomes all sufficient for you in because of the righteousness of god man you don't have to lose sleep over that you know see the the a person who has truly seen god can have nothing in his bank can have nothing in his purse can have nothing anywhere okay and go to sleep peacefully Amen. knowing that if tomorrow morning when i get up i have a need god will provide for me yeah, that's how it is you you must learn to live like that man you must learn to live like that live light say light light man lightness in the spirit light i am very light i feel light i'm not going to lose sleep over what i don't have oh my my future oh, i'm i'm turning 30 now i'm turning 40 now i have not made anything i don't have you have christ do you have christ simple question do you have christ do you have christ you have gained everything Amen. you have given everything Amen. see that's what paul said i give up everything that i had so he was willing to give up every because everything else he he had he thought he had his his uh, uh, high standing in uh, in the jewish community uh, you know his education his qualification his experience he said all those things are nothing but what he said dung in comparison to what he gained in Christ Jesus i got jesus now like that line in that song it says the last line says i got jesus how could i ever want more i got jesus now we sing these songs in church but do you now yesterday in fact okay i want the worship team to just stand up okay i i wanted to tell you something yesterday after practice but it skipped my mind yeah everyone who ministers you also part no just get up who are ministers in worship here please get up yeah rise to your feet please please hello madam yes i want to tell you something next time okay whether you are drummer guitarist bassist keyboard player backing vocalist whatever it is next time when you when we do worship here we send out the set list right the 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 chord sheets and all take time to read through the lyrics 
like how you would meditate on God's word and come. Spend half an hour or 15 minutes, good enough. Five songs or eight, seven, uh, sorry, seven songs, let's say. Spend 15 minutes reading through the lyrics, looking at every word. Can you put one of those songs now? That one song that we just sang. Uh, put the first song. Okay. Hail Jesus, you're my king. You can sing, Hail Jesus, you're my king, and think about Domino's Pizza. It is possible. That's how the human brain functions. But if you can dwell there, Hail Jesus, you're my king. When you're thinking, you're thinking about the king. You're thinking about Jesus, and you're saying, Hail him. Amen. Amen. Next line. Your life frees me to sing. It'll change the way you sing. You'll hit the note, I'm telling you. You'll hit the note, you will sound so good. Why? Because you just sang, your life frees me to sing. Next line. I will praise you all my days. It's my commitment to you, Lord. I will praise you all my days. Because you're perfect in all your ways. Man, he's perfect in all his ways. Next line. Hail Jesus, you're my Lord. I will obey your word. Can you remember what you read today morning? Or can you remember what you read last night? Because you just sang, I will obey your word. That means the word of God must be everything to you. You must pay such close attention to the word of God that you cannot hide from this line when you sing. Otherwise, I want you to know that you are lying. You may not be the backing vocalist or the, the lead singer, but if you're playing the instrument for this line, I want to see your kingdom come. Next line. Not my will, but yours be done. Getting this? Okay, I can check him because he lives in my house under my nose. So I can check whether he's doing this. But I want all of you to do it. Do it. It will... It will it will bless the church, okay? It will bless you. It will increase you. Do this. Do this, okay? Not, don't just learn the parts and come. Learn. Maybe not before practice, after practice. Go back home, read through the lyrics. Read through it. Dwell there, meditate. Selah, say Selah. So that's what the songwriter did. Psalmist did. He wrote and he put the Selahs there. Selah, meaning? Pause, ponder, meditate. You must do that. Because I'll tell you why I'm telling you this, okay? Because those who sing in the world, I'm not talking about Christians. Those who sing in the world mean every word that they sing. When they sing, I'm on the highway to hell, they mean it. Yeah? When they say all kinds of uh, Perversion, perverse uh, words and all those things, they mean it. It's not accidental. See, now, I'll tell you. You must know this, Christian musicians. What is the difference between a Christian musician and a secular musician? I'll tell you what. The secular singer or the secular musicians, they mean everything that they do. The Christians, it is just a part-time thing. They come, a routine. That's the difference. 
Do you know that almost every musician under the sun, almost everyone, or a good chunk of them at least, do you know where they learn music from? Not from music school, from church. From church. I'm not lying. Almost everyone who made it big in the, the secular music industry, they learned music in the church. Now, we are in church. What kind of business are we doing? Hail is your my king. You have so many other kings in your mind. But Jesus is not in your mind. And you're singing Hail Jesus. You are the sloppiest musician under the, under the sun. Singing for the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's our problem. It includes me. So I don't think that I'm rebuking you. I'm, I want to help us. I want to help each other. I want to help each other. We, we must encourage each other to stay like this. Amen. We must mean everything that we sing. Everything that we play. Everything that we do. Amen. It must, it must mean business. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. I love you. God bless you. Yes. You can appreciate them. Hallelujah. So I am well. I am rich. I am well. Because I have health insurance. I have need of nothing. I have health insurance. I am not worried about sickness. Not because the word says no sickness shall come near your tent. Because you have health insurance in your tent. Oh, you have access to free checkup. Routine checkups. You are so confident about your, your body because you have you can do it free. Or you have access to, uh, priority access to super specialty hospitals. Is that your confidence? I know this doctor. He's really good. Or I have medical reimbursement in my company. Why should I be worried? Whatever medicines I need, it gets completely reimbursed by the company. So that's what they were saying. I am rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. See, when God looks at you, all these details are very irrelevant to God. Do you know that? It's irrelevant to God. Because He gauges your life not based on what you say. He gauges your life based on what He says. His word. The gauge of your life, the measurement of your life is His word. How close are you to His word? Do you fall in line? Are you falling short? Have you added? Have you added anything to His word? So what's the measure? The word. Say the word. The word is a standard. The yardstick. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you, may, you may say that you're rich according to earthly standards, but God says, according to heaven standards, you are a pauper. You are poor. You are miserable and wretched. And you may say that, uh, you know, you may say that you have all things. You don't need anything. Whereas you are blind and naked. See, when you're saying that, you know what is happening? When you say that you're rich, when you say that you have this, you have that. You know what you're doing? You are denying the need for God in your life. That's what you're doing. And it, it shows up in the way you live your life. You're denying your need for God. The, in fact, the very first step, look, listen to this. 
the very first step to receive from God. You know what it is? Is to acknowledge the need for the same. Nobody in the Bible have received a miracle without acknowledging their need for a miracle or for God to do something in their lives. God will wait. God will wait. God will wait for their cry. God will wait for their, uh, their uh, need to be real for them. God will wait. Even the earthly ministry, during the earthly ministry of Jesus, you can, you can look at those people. Never, never a miracle was performed unless the person reached out or sought him. So that's the very first step, the very first step. You want something from God. You want God to move in your life. You want God to perform miracles in your life. The very first step is you acknowledge, yes, Lord, I need it. I need it. I need it. So I, I, I rebuke my kids when they tell their needs to somebody else. I ask them, who's your father? You want something, you come to me. I'm your father. Because the father will take offense. The father take offense when the, the children depend on or rely on somebody else other than their father. So when you say you're rich and wealthy and you, you have need for nothing, that means you have put your reliance on somebody else or something or some other system, maybe some other God, some other master whom you are serving. And if, when you stand before God, you don't feel the need for anything. You have all things. That's why in places like Kerala, where we have superabundance of the word being ministered, there's a, there's a church in every corner, every 10 steps you turn to the left, there's a church, 10 more steps right church, everywhere there's a church. So what happens? When church service starts, nobody's there in church. It'll take some time, warm up. Okay, the pastor has to warm up, the worship team has to warm up. Finally, by the time, midway through service, people start to slowly walk in. Why? Because there is no... Whereas in places where there are no churches, where there are places where the church is not allowed to meet. Okay? There are places where you have to travel miles in secret. You go to that place, people will be thronging, desperate, just to hear Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The first step. The very first step, acknowledge your need for God. Make it plain and evident to God. Make it plain before God. Lord, I need you. <laughs> I need you. The Laodicean church would have argued, no, we have never said that we are rich. We have never said that we are wealthy. We have never said that we have come to need of nothing. We never said it. Do you know that you don't have to say with your words to say something? Hello? That's why we have uh, phrases like this, actions speak louder than words. Why? Because you don't, need, you don't need to use words to speak something, to say something. Just your mere silence is speaking volumes. Just keeping quiet. Just by keeping quiet. Parents can go home. You can ask your kids some questions. If they don't respond, what do you say this? What would you name that condition of the child? You're asking questions. You're, you're trying to converse with the child. The child keeps mum. What is that? Say it. Let me ask different parents. Your daughter is here. You're asking her something. Anna, what is this? 
and she just keeps quiet. What is that? How would you name that condition? Say it. What comes to your head? Arrogance. See, sitting in the front of the church, she's saying, the daughter is arrogant if she does not respond. Did she say anything? Anna didn't say anything. But the mother is saying she's arrogant. Rachel, let's, let's take a, your condition. You, you're speaking something to Sophia. She's not speaking anything to you. What is that? Huh? She is not interested. But did she, did she say that? Did she ever say that she's not interested in you? By keeping quiet, you figured out that she is not interested. Elsa, you have two to manage. I wanted to say three, but <laughs> Royce also. Just kidding. So two kids to manage. And you're speaking to both of them. Jaden and, and Caleb and you're just calling their names and they're not responding. What is that? They're not responding to you. Disobedience. Poor kids. <laughs> they didn't do anything. They didn't say anything. They just, they just sat there quietly. The mother says they're disobedient kids. So now, now you tell me. With the Laodicean church, we had to tell Jesus, we never said we were rich. We never said that we were wealthy. We never said that we were in need of nothing. You didn't say it with your words, but your actions speak louder than words. You know, because I'll tell you how the standards of God, okay? He can, he can understand your thoughts from afar. That's what the Bible says. Your thoughts, say thoughts, not your words. Now we need to hear from the other person to understand something. But with God, he can understand the thoughts from afar. Even before a word is on your tongue. That's God. Before a word is on your tongue, he knows it all well. He knows it all together. That's the God that we serve. So it doesn't necessarily have to be expressed with your vocal cords. He can still understand what you're thinking. He knows what you're thinking. That's why, that's why the world talks about body language. Body language. And one of the things that we try to teach our kids, one of the things that they try to teach in, 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 in schools or colleges is body language. You want to be successful in life? Work on your body language, your body language, your postures, your gestures. By your actions, you make the claim that you're rich. Whereas in reality, you're poor. By your actions, you brag that you have become wealthy. Whereas in reality, you're wretched and miserable. By your actions, you suggest that you have need for nothing. Whereas in reality, you are naked and blind. So watch your words. Not just the words that you speak, but the words that form your attitude. The thoughts that form your attitude. Your behavior, say behavior. Your response to things. I don't know about you, but I've been offended by people not saying things than by people saying things. I've mo I've, I've been, I, get, I've, I get easily offended when people don't say things than when they say things. Just like your, your, the, the mother mindset. The child is not speaking. Offended. Disobedient, rebellious, stubborn, in, disinterested, indifferent, whatever you want to. 
watch your actions watch your deeds watch your body language just like the words of your mouth just like the words of your mouth is it suggesting that you don't need anything is it suggesting that you're rich is it suggesting that you're wealthy your your gestures is it making fat claims before god it's not just your post i'm talking about i'm talking about everything that you do when you stay away from fellowship you are saying something to god hello when you stay away from church you are saying something to god but i didn't say anything i just sat home you're saying something to god your indifference to the things of god is saying something you lost interest but i didn't say anything i didn't do anything exactly you didn't say anything you didn't do anything my son asked me what did i do what did i do that's how we stand what did i do you know what you did you did nothing when something was supposed to be done your unavailability to god is speaking something to him your priorities in life is speaking something to him your lack of interest for the things of god is speaking something to him the way you manage your time the way you arrange things in your schedule speaking something to god the problem is we are not looking at the word intently the word is just so plush so rich but we don't pay attention to it intently what does the bible say in james chapter 1 verses 23 and 24 i think or 22 or 23 james 1 23 yeah put it on the screen i would like to read that for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror okay for once he has looked at himself and gone away he has immediately forgotten what kind of a person he was if you're a forgetful hearer of god's word and not an effective doer it's like you look at something when you moved out you forgot completely who you're supposed to be or how you how you looked see god's word defines who you are god's word defines who you are when you look at the mirror of god's word it tells you exactly who you are but if you don't pay attention to the mirror of god's word when you move away what happens you're thinking about something else you're not thinking about the word you're not thinking about the you're thinking about perfection hello but you just sang i will obey your word do you remember the word do you remember the word you just sang in church loudly in the presence of all those people and angels of god and god himself that i will obey your word can you remember the word you are a forgetful hearer of god's word so you forget you look in the mirror it shows you the perfect image that god wants you to be that's who you are in christ but when you moved away from the mirror you are just like a natural man who looked in the mirror and forgot how he looked are you with me so that's what it means the word say the word 
it must see you must give take effort take pains to remember to retain i like what he shared you know we all depend on the tablets and phones for reading god's word he said it's contaminated it's true because now what are you doing you are training up your senses to get distracted when you're reading god's word i don't have anything i it's not it's not like an instruction from the pulpit you if you want to read from your uh tablet it's fine okay as long as you're reading and paying attention when you read but he has a point when he said that and i believe that you know by way of practice by way of tradition also we must we must we must have the word exclusive say exclusive the other is good when you're traveling you are like you're you're traveling you're on a bus or a train and you don't you don't have the bag in your reach take out the phone put it on flight mode put it on flight mode and then read god's word nobody knows about the flight mode there is a flight there's a mode in the mobile phones called flight mode which means you will not be distracted by anything else so download your your bible onto your phone and read along just read how much ever you want nobody will come to distract you but if the 5g is on say 5g if the 5g is on verse 25 also can you put it up verse 25 there but one who looks intently say intently see when whenever you're looking at god's word look intently man intently you forget who you are and how you look sorry whenever uh one who looks intently at the perfect law the law of liberty and abides by it not having become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer this man will be blessed in what he does man say intently with the word i have an intense relationship say intense relationship with the word i have an intense relationship whenever i come across the word whenever i get to study the word i do it intently i look at my the word intently because my relationship with the word is intense man it's intense it's passionate i retain what i hear from god's mouth i collect it i store it up i hide it in my heart so that i may i may not sin against him see that's what the bible teaches how can a young, how can a young man keep himself pure and it goes on to say in another passage that by hiding god's word man how do you live in the fear of god by hiding god's word how do you keep your way pure by hiding god's word where in your heart what's hidden in your heart now what all is hidden in your heart now god's word i want to turn to psalms psalm 84 how lovely say lovely, lovely. the sons of korah wrote this how lovely are thy dwelling places o lord of hosts my soul longed say longed say longed and even yearned say yearned for the courts of the lord my heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living god 
the birds also have found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young even thine altars o lord of hosts my king and my god how blessed are those who dwell in thy house they are ever say ever praising thee so what do you long for the psalmist said i long for the courts of god what is your longing now on any given day what's your longing to be in the house of god to be in the courts of god to be with god what's your longing see on on friday he mentioned something amazing something that's close to my heart when i minister he mentioned about hunger say hunger he said hunger and then he said he he mentioned uh, 23 kinds of christians do you remember that that is fantastic 23 different kinds of christians and like wow that is so true wherever you go you you can find 23 kinds of different kinds of at least 23 kinds i would say he came up with that list and he he mentioned one particular kind uh help me to pronounce it right anorexic right anorexia uh, anorexia anorexic christians meaning no appetite say no appetite they don't have appetite anorexia is a condition where the person does not feel the need for food it can be something it and it, it is psychological by the way it is psychological he does not feel hungry because maybe it's uh, it's about uh, he feel the need to shed weight or she feels a need of being slim or whatever it is it's a it's a psychological condition where the person does not feel the appetite or have the appetite for food and he said there are christians today who are anorexic no appetite there's no appetite and i was thinking about it why would a person i because i i raised three kids i know what this is lack of appetite sometimes they are so hungry they just want to eat you this is how hungry they are especially on sunday afternoons yeah by the time we by the time we eat our lunch it's 3:34 and they are so hungry they just want to eat whatever and when we have usually when we have a lunch sunday lunch pin drop silence nobody talks because all you want to do is eat but there are days when the mother have to mother will have to um use force and fire to feed why because they are not hungry why is that because before the meal time they went opened the fridge had a few chocolates maybe or they opened the container and had some chips maybe they did something out of meal time and that which is not really good for them and what happens when the mother cooks something very nutritious and when something very delicious they can't enjoy it they can't take it in because they feel so full because they cannot be satisfied with what is pure with what is good why they are already full full with something else see you are feeding on things snacking say snacking you are snacking on things outside of god's word so by the time when the god's word comes to you you feel so full why you've been snacking all along on you name it just give me some okay i am not going to preach king help me preach what would you think people would snack snacking on the mobile phone oh argwarithle nobody knows that <laughs> only only he is uh, guilty of that 
poor man honest confession snacking on what on technology say technology on on a screen snacking what else little what else do you snack on huh phone what else do you snack on phone ellarku same snack aano like ella veetu poyal lace undu nanorannale what do you snack on your dad is listening huh books books anna what do you snack on phone jenny what do you snack on food that's a good i mean that's an honest confession I mean, she didn't want to lie she didn't want to lie she said i snack on food the truth is even food can be even food can stand in the way of even food can stand in the way of you hearing from god receiving from god you can snack on anything you can snack on instagram phone can be more specific say instagram snacking on instagram snacking on facebook snap snacking on tiktok snacking on youtube you're snacking all the time and it's all small sizes shorts and reels and pose and all that snacking all the time so by the time the feast is prepared by the the master chef he prepares a feast for you in the presence of your enemies you're too full you're too full because you've been snacking 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 from morning till night snacking now yeah i getting this i getting this this is for real this is the problem we have today this is a problem that you're facing today the reason you don't feel hunger for god's word is because you're snacking on other things it is not because god cannot satisfy you it is not because god cannot satisfy you you heard it from sister elsa this morning she said god satisfied her god satisfied her is that what you said you said something on those lines i remember god satisfied my deep longings by why because she had the need say need she felt the need for god but now that you come to god you're snacking on the world snacking 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 all the time you don't feel the need for god and you say i'm rich i'm full say full full with what garbage junk you're full psalm 107 verse 4 onwards they wandered in the wilderness in a desert region they did not find a way to an in- inhabited city they were hungry and thirsty their soul faint say hungry say thirsty their soul fainted and fainted within them then they cried out to the lord in their trouble say cried out he delivered them out of their distress see so what do you think god did not see their hunger god did not see their uh, thirst is it because god took time god waited for them to cry out you have to express your hunger so they went to all kinds of troubles but he waited for them to cry out he led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders to the sons of men. Verse 9. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul. He has filled with what is good. Unless you are thirsty, unless you are hungry, you are not going to feel anything from God. You are not going to receive anything from God. Blessed are those who hunger, say hunger. See, the Lord is speaking so clearly. You cannot, you cannot hide from it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and they shall be... Is it God's word or something else? You're feeling so discontent. You're feeling so dissatisfied. You know why? It is not because God cannot satisfy you. It is because you are full with other things. That's the reason. And you blame it on God. I, I'm, I'm feeling so tired. I'm feeling so discontent. I'm, I'm feeling so, so dissatisfied. It's because you are feeding on something else. Which is not of God. Watch your diet. Watch your diet. Watch what you consume. Watch what you consume. Watch your snacks. What are you nibbling on? The woman who came to Jesus, the Syrophoenician woman, she said, even if the crumbs which fall down, if you can give access to that, I'm good with that. See, that is the power of what God can do. That's how much He can satisfy you. If you're hungry, she was hungry. Say hungry. Yeah. I'm so hungry. It doesn't matter what you're, you're eating up there on the table. The crumbs that fall to the ground, good enough. I'm so hungry. Say hungry. So when you're so hungry, you, you wouldn't really want to eat uh, like, you know, uh, uh, a five-course buffet. You're good with putta and param. You're good with anything. Why are you so hungry? Give me something. Give us something. That's what we hear with the war cry at home. Give us something, Amma. We are hungry. When you're hungry, you will express it. When you're not hungry, you don't feel it. It's not seen on your faces. You're hearing God's word. Yeah. That's not for me. I'm full. I'm full. I'm full. And you're burping on the remains of that you just snacked before coming to church or before having your meditation or before having your quiet time. You're burping. You're too full. See, this is how serious it is. Understand how serious this is. And you're wondering, why nothing is moving in my life? Why no miracles in my life? No, why no wonders in my life? I'll tell you why. Because you're not hungry for miracles. Because you're not hungry for what God can do. You're already feeding on. You have need of nothing. Are you getting this? The reason why we don't see miracles is because we have come to a place where we are rich, we are wealthy, we have it sorted out. We have option B, plan B. If plan A fails, there's a plan B for us. So we'll never see what God can do. Are you with me? Are you with me? You tell me one person in the Bible who received a miracle without expressing hunger or showing something radical, doing something radical to get it from God. Jesus himself said, your faith has made you well. He said, your faith has made you well. What's, your, what's faith? Faith is desperation to receive from God. That is faith. You're desperate to receive from God. You know that you will receive from God. That's faith. 
That's the yeah, confidence in, that you're going to get it from God, not from anywhere, anywhere else. You're not content with any, anything else. You, she, this, this woman with the issue of blood, she went to all the doctors, all the physicians. Nobody could cure her. So finally she decided, okay, nobody can. Now Jesus. Desperate, desperate. Desperate. May the Lord bless you with desperation. May the Lord bless you with desperation. Hunger, thirsting, brokenness. Now sometimes when I pray for people, God says, this person has to get broken. Broken. Where are the tears when you worship? Where are the tears when you worship? Where's the truth in your voice when you sing? Where's the passion to serve God? Where is it? Where is the passion to serve God? And you go and watch, you know, people outside of church and you go, wow. I'll tell you what, they have passionate about what they're doing. You are not. That's a difference. It's a passion. It's a hunger. It's a thirst. It's a desperation. It's a brokenness. God will not overlook. He will not overlook a broken heart, a broken spirit, a contrite spirit. He will not bypass. He will not. Hallelujah. Psalm 27. Psalm 27 and verse 4. It's a Psalm of David. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek. See one thing. Can you narrow down to that one thing? Can you, are you able to narrow down to one thing? He said, one thing. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek. That, what is that one thing? So you might wonder, he's asking for this one thing. My marriage. One thing. That job. There's one thing. A house. One thing. A vehicle. Look at that. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. That's the confidence he has in God. 